hope. One of those uh, elusive feelings. We could say the same thing about love and joy and peace probably as we go through the next three Sundays. Too often it comes and goes like the weather, doesn't it? Sometimes with the weather. Bright sunny days, we're up. You know, rainy, cloudy, doomy days, we're down. You know, it's uh, it's like those comic char- characters Ziggy and Charlie Brown and, and those others. This is why they, they capture our emotions so well. They capture our feelings of hope and hopelessness and reflect them back to us. That's why we like them. That's why we so closely identify with the stories that they tell and the scenes they depict. We hope for a lot of things, from the serious to the ridiculous. We hope for health, especially as we're still dealing with with COVID now again, flu, um, colds, RSV, whatever that is. I thought that was a response, you know, but, you know, things just change all the time. We hope for happiness. We hope for our families, sometimes just to see them during the holidays, to be with them a little bit. That's hard. Some, some of us hope not to gain too much weight. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas is rough when guys like me, anyhow. Yet a great part of our success and our failure, a great part of our happiness in life is dependent upon our focus and feeling of hope. One of the tragic consequences of the, the recent pandemic kind of went along with it, is that at best, it challenged our hope. It challenged our hope. You see this is the, you see this coming then and, and even now, continuing with the suicide rates, especially among our young people. But suicide is, is kind of at an all-time high. It's crazy. In depression, how much depression there is in our, in our culture today. The increase of alcohol and, <clears throat> and drug abuse that still plague our society. And then when you come along with something called fentanyl, when you have people dying left and right, something like, what, 100,000 last year. It's a tragic. It's a tragic demonstration of a lack of hope. People are struggling to be hopeful. And all too often falling pray to to unreasonable fears and rather dealing with the fears and and following something that you could really anchor in for hope they go after other things things of the world if you listen to the news about climate change and terrorism and shootings and wars in ukraine and wars in israel they bombard us throughout the day every day hope can seem almost a lost cause (laughs) he sort of said wow we just have to look somewhere else except this world. And combine that with all that's going on in our country today, politically and, and socially, you, just, you can find yourselves desperately in need for hope. And I know I've said many times of late that, you know, I'm ready. Let's sort of take me out of this place. Take me out of this world, Lord. Just, you know, I'd, I'd rather be in heaven, wouldn't you? Uh, that's a nice place. And, and it's guaranteed good. A very hopeful place. Down here is not so much. Not so much. The, di- the dictionary defines hope. It says, 
It is desire accompanied by an expectation of fulfillment. Desire accompanied by an expectation of fulfillment. Think about that. What are your desires? What do you want? What are you looking for today, tomorrow? What do you expect might happen for your family, for yourself, our country, our church? You know, the Apostle Paul lived in a challenging and and difficult world. He he knew the importance of, of hope in our life, not only for the future, but for our everyday living, for the now. He knew how difficult the struggles were and, and how terrible the temptations would be to, to give up and, and lose hope. Don't forget, he lived in a pretty, pretty rugged day. Thus, over and again, his words admonish us to seize the hope that is set before us in Hebrews or to not shift from the hope of the gospel in Colossians or to realize in us our hope of glory. Also in First Colossians 1. Paul knew we need hope and we need it now. You see, Paul knew that, that if our hope was focused in God, in His will for us, His promises to us, then we would never be really disappointed. We may be frustrated because we, if you're like me, you want it now. It's, it's the old prayer for patience. You know, give me patience, Lord, and give it to me now. And we, we yearn for the hope in that same way. We, we want it now. We want everything now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. But God says wait often. It's like what I said with chil- to the children this morning. Hope without a guarantee is just a wish. It's like a coin toss. Certainly one of the big truths of Scripture it gives us about about hope is that God is with us. He isn't somewhere, some way off somehow, you know, hiding up there in heaven, not knowing what's going on. No, He's close by. And, and Isaiah first used those words, Emmanuel, God with us. And, and it's a truth that's been echoed all through Scripture. Ever since Isaiah first proclaimed it. We think of God coming as a baby in a manger at Christmas, but actually, God has been here ever since the beginning. He didn't come at Christmas. He, he's been here. He's been here. He just sort of changed the way we see Him at Christmas, you see? And He will be here till the end, long after you and I are gone. He'll be here. He'll be here. And the promise of Emmanuel says just that, that we're not living in this world alone. God is with us. We're not facing sickness and trials alone. God is with us. We have a God who doesn't leave us to face life all by ourselves. You know, thank you. That's a big deal. That's a big mountain to climb. We have a God who who knows the beginning from the end. We have a God who cares and helps. Who, believe it or not, loves us. Loves us. Clearly, Scripture teaches that we have hope because God is with us. David said it in Psalm 46. He said, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Or as God says in 
in Hebrews 13, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The stories of Abraham, Moses, Elijah, Peter, Paul, John, they all affirm God is with us. You see, Paul was right when he said that everything was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of Scriptures, we might have hope. That's where hope comes from. But how do we translate that hope that God promises into reality? That's the, that's the hard part, isn't it? How do, we, how do we make it our hope? How do we bring it off the pages and, and make it abound in our everyday life so that we, we bounce around with hope rather than drag around in misery. Paul offers two truths in this last verse that he gave us this morning. If we hold firm with them, they will literally transform our life. First he says, the reality of our hope comes from believing. Believing. In other words, you've got to quit arguing, quit trying to decipher and figure everything out, and believe. Now, I don't... I don't have a problem with, with studying and scrutinizing and asking questions. If people around me know I ask a lot of questions. And, but but we, somewhere at some point in time, we've got to just believe. Verse 15 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In believing. Believing that God is God. Sovereign. In charge. In charge. But believing that Jesus is God's only Son, that's what He said, that's what it is. Believing that Jesus is truth, not just a fable, not just a myth, not just you know something we can add to our list of things we should believe and not believe, a good way of life. No, He is the way of life. Believing that the promises of God's Word are for us, are for you, for me. They're personally, they got our name on them. God loves Don. God loves Joe. God loves Tom. I could say God loves Bob and then covers half the congregation right here. Right? He does. He does. John wrote at the end of his gospel in John 20. He said, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these, these 20 chapters worth, are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life in His name. How critical, how critical is that? The reality of our hope is dependent upon a belief that the focus of our desire can deliver. Can deliver. That God is able. And that not only able, God is willing. And that Jesus cares. He cares intimately about the struggles, about the future, about the present of each and every one of us. If we don't believe that God can deliver, then we're always going to be struggling to find another source that we think can deliver, right? Usually starts with ourself. Well, 
I can't wait around for God. I've got to get on this thing myself. I'm kind of bad about that. Maybe you are too. Or we depend upon our world. What does the world offer to solve this problem? You know, I'm, 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 I have this, this sickness maybe, this, this physical ailment. Well, how am I going to fix it? I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to do this, do that, take a lot of vitamins, do whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll go to the doctor. I'll check on the doctor. Or maybe I'll get on the Internet and read however the people get cured of this thing. And we, oh, we're looking everywhere, but we're not looking at God. We're not looking at God. First spot, first stop should be God, right? We don't do that as often as we should. We look to ourselves. We look to our world. We look to other people. And in that limbo, we're never going to realize real peace and real joy in our life. You want to translate hope into reality, then believe in God. Believe in God. Believe in the God of hope. Paul's second truth is that the reality of our, of our hope comes, comes from, comes through the power of God's Holy Spirit. That Spirit in us, not around us, not just poured out upon us, not just a blessing, but in us. In us. Paul said, so that by, in, the, in the same verse 13, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In hope. The Holy Spirit gives us comfort. The Holy Spirit gives us guidance. The Holy Spirit teaches us. It's all in John 16. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see spiritual truth. The Holy Spirit, in Paul's words in, in, in Romans eight sixteen, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of the gospel and fellow heirs with Christ. That's hope. And what God has started, nothing can stop. It is God's program, you might say. His Holy Spirit within us is a seal of His promise. We are His children. Those who believe in Him are His. And they won't go anywhere else. Oh, you can rebel and you can, you can bounce all around in crazy stuff. But if God has a hand on you, He has a hand on you. And it's not your choice, it's His. I give you a present, a gift. It's yours. You're not going to be happy if I come back next week and say I want it back. Mm -mm, it's mine. I, I gave it. That's what you'd say. That's what God says. We give our life to Him. It's His. It's not ours. We can't give it and take it and give it and take it and give it and take it. What foolishness is that? And certainly it's not in Scripture. Just to the contrary. Just to the contrary. The Holy Spirit within us is the seal of God's promise. And, and I love that passage in Philippians. It says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work, he who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And God has begun a good work in most of us, for sure. You and I, we are in his hands. And, and nothing can prevent us from our hope of salvation in him. Nothing. Today being the first Sunday of Advent, it's a time of hoping, of thinking about hope, thinking about what we hope for, 
It's a time of watching. It's a time of expecting the coming of our Lord, the coming of, a second coming of our Lord, but also reflecting on the first coming of our Lord and what that has meant in history and what that means to us today. Because He's still coming. He's still trying to get us to pull back the layers like that onion and getting more and more and more in relationship to Him. Relying more and more and more on His grace and His power and His love than on our own. Throughout the pages of of God's Word, there are admonitions to hope. Advent is a time of hope. It's a a man-made calendar thing. Yes, no doubt about that. But I kind of like those things every once in a while. They they prompt us. They push us. I mean, we light candles, and and that's cute. And, and, you know, sort of like all this we do for Christmas, that's nice. But it brings us, it helps to bring our focus to to something that's very, very important. And if we can get away from just the twinkly lights and the, and, and the, the beautiful trees and, and all the work that, that went into making all this so beautiful, we can realize the reason for it. And we can hear God saying to us, I'm doing all this to help you to have hope, to help you have joy, to help you have peace, to help you know love, to help you truly, truly embrace your salvation as it came at Christmas. In Jesus Christ. Hope is ours only in Jesus Christ. It's ours only as we receive him as our Lord and Savior. And what I want you to hear this morning is that hope is not just about tomorrow, unless it's real today. Now. Hope is not God is not hope is God with us now, not just going to be with us. Hope is Jesus come as our Savior and Lord. Now, I I want us to see that hope is not wishful thinking. Like I was trying to tell in in the children's time this morning. It's believing. It's a very real Jesus and a very real truth. That's what our hope is. It's the power of God. The power of God through His Holy Spirit within us. It guarantees every promise God makes for us. It opens our eyes and enables us to do and and be and live as the children of God He's called us to be in the fullness of His grace. God doesn't call us to live in unreasonable fear, no matter what the rhetoric of a dark winter or a social unrest in our streets or a political climate in our country or threats of global war. We hear all this all the time now. God is still on the throne, believe it or not still on the throne, still sovereign over all things. And there will not be one thing happening in this world that God doesn't permit. I love it when all these folks run around and say, oh, we're going to kill the planet. Well, you might kill the planet, but check with God first. He may have something to say about it. Focus on Him. Put your trust in His love and His care for you. Hope in, the, in God allows us to fully live today. To expect, actually to know, the fulfillment of joy. Real joy and real peace. With our families, with our wives, husbands, children, parents, in school, on the job, in all of life, and for all eternity. As Paul said it, may the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you.